I'm talking into my phone again, ladies and gentlemen. That must mean the Dane and Nick podcast is back. So this week we are in part three of a 12-part segment. We're covering all 12 teams here in the Pac-12. You know, a little spring preview type of action type stuff. So this week we're going to be covering the USC Trojans, the Men of Troy, the prestigious program that is USC football. So before we dive into... The upcoming season, we're going to take a quick look back at last year's schedule and their results. So they finished 8-5 and five overall, an impressive 7-2 and two in conference, and I believe finished second in the South Division. Obviously, Utah won that division, but the Trojans did find a way to compete down the stretch, but fell up just short. So looking at their schedule as a whole last year, nothing too notable in the first two games. Um, pretty Kind of just basic wins against Fresno State and Stanford. A glaring loss at BYU. Not a loss that USC should expect. BYU is a great program, no disrespect to them. But this is the mighty men of Troy, and that loss is not acceptable. They followed that up with an impressive victory against Utah, led by third-string quarterback Matt Fink. Huge win in the Coliseum. Huge, huge, huge win. Shows what they're capable of. And looking at the rest of the schedule, there's... Nothing too notable. The losses are kind of expected. The wins were kind of expected. If there's two games we're going to pull out in particular here, it was getting blown out by Oregon at home, 24-56. to You can't let that happen at home. That's absolutely embarrassing. And they followed that up with a very impressive win at ASU. So all in all, again, finishing 8-5, second place in the Pac-12 South Division. Uh, they beat rival UCLA, and then lost in the Holiday Bowl, getting blown out of the water 24-49. to So there's your brief little recap, gang. That That's how we do it around these parts. Oh, man, I'm trying to pull up my notes. Can I get my notes back up? Man, I don't need my notes for this part. Y'all should know this. So, as always, Dane and Nick, back in action. We'll get you in and out with quick facts. This podcast will take no more than 20 minutes max. I got a life. Dane's got a life, our publisher's got a life, and y'all got lives. So they give us some water cooler information, some basic facts with a little bit of deep detail if you want to sound extra, extra fancy. So without further ado, I'll hop into my quick intro for the Trojans and then we'll get into the body. So just really, really quickly, USC is probably going to have a very talented offense. They return most of their offensive um, stars, for lack of better terms, with the exception of wideout Michael Pittman Jr., on the defensive side of the ball, that's really going to determine how far this team goes. And probably the defensive side of the ball is going to determine whether Clay Helton will be coaching in 2021 or not. But for now, we'll focus on 2020. So again, USC should have all the talent on offense in the world. Defense still yet to be determined. And I'll dive into more deep detail in the next paragraph or in the body segment. Same right and fam. This is segments. So without further ado, from a beautiful Seattle down to Tucson and Dane. Dane gets started. Always good to hear from you, bud. In the offseason for the Trojans, I think the biggest story is who's going to be the starting quarterback. Keaton Slovis had an excellent year last year, uh, and you know he, he was in that position because JT Daniels got hurt at the beginning of the season and was essentially forced into the role. Uh, I don't think many people expected him to play very much as a freshman. And, you know, JT Daniels had a pretty good freshman year. It wasn't the greatest. It was kind of... You know, I, I was expecting a quarterback battle, to be honest, and his injury, um, you know, kind of took that out of the picture. Uh, but now that he's going to be back fully healthy, 
he's going to be in a battle with Keaton Slovis. And if I had to guess, I think Slovis would get the nod. Uh, he ran that offense pretty well, that the air raid spread pass that they have going on there at USC. And so that's that at this point of the year, um, over here in April, I think that's the biggest story for you, the Trojans is just the quarterback battle. Who's going to be that starting quarterback? And are they going to be able to run the offense like they were last season? I mean, if you remember, their offense got better as the season went on, as they adjusted to that new air raid. And, um, you know, they started to perform better overall um, on the field just because, you know, it takes a while to get used to a new system, regardless of what type of offensive system it is. Um, your quarterback is not going to pick it up right away, uh, especially with the freshman like Slovis. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to who's going to be that starting quarterback. I think USC is going to have a better year this year than they did last year. Um, they start the game or they start the season off uh, with a big game against Alabama out there in Arlington, Texas. So um, that'll be a really good, uh, you know, it'll let you know where the Trojans are in the, the big scheme of things against going up against Alabama. And um, be a lot of eyes on that one, but um, the rest of their schedule looks decent, which I'll hop into uh, in the later segments. So um, passing it back down or up to Nick in Seattle. Thank you, Dane, for all that, for the nice little info. Now it's my turn to step on the mic here. So first off, there's kind of a misconception or misperception, however you want to say it, about Clay Helton and USC. I think a lot of people are maybe unfairly criticizing him. Last year, he did a good job to keep the program afloat with all the quarterback injuries, and it actually allowed um, Keaton Slovis to emerge as, I mean, he's a Fresh, uh, offensive freshman of the year in the Pac-12. So did some really, really cool things and even found a way to win a third string, um, a game against the South Division champs in Utah with a third string quarterback. So to completely attack Clay Helton, I feel maybe a little unfair. With that being said, what happens this year will be his defining moment. This will ultimately determine whether he's going to basically stay in use or not and what his legacy or what his legacy will be in LA. So I wouldn't make any hasty judgments just yet. I would just wait it out and see how this year plays out. And then, man, do what you got to do and see what you got to say about Helton. But at least give him this year. I think that's probably the fairest approach to take. So before I hop into kind of deeper levels on offense and defense or deeper analysis, I do. I just want to throw out that the Trojans open their season against Alabama. <laughs> oh, baby. Good luck with that. But um, the main thing is that the Trojans just need to compete in that contest. They can't get blown out. Granted, it's in Arlington, Texas. It's in the South. But they need to find a way to compete. At least don't lose by more than like two touchdowns, 17 points max. So now we're going to hop back over to the offensive side of the ball this year. And I actually don't think I mentioned it at the top, which is kind of surprising. But the most notable and obvious thing to pay attention to is going to be a quarterback battle. They have a Heck of a problem to figure out because they have two studs at the quarterback position. They have JT Daniels, who got hurt in the first game last year against Fresno State, uh, tore his ACL, so automatically out for nine months, out for the season. Obviously, with the weird situation in the world, it's hard to 
say whether or not he would have been back in full in full stride for spring camp this year. Probably not. But when you're comparing the two quarterbacks, JT Daniels has the stronger arm, more highly recruited as a five-star recruit, and just probably takes a little bit more chances, a little bit maybe more of that Brett Favre, no fear mentality. When you're looking at Keaton Slovis, who again stepped in, got the Pac-12 Offensive Freshman of the Year award, did a great job all around last year. The one takeaway you can take from Keaton Slovis is he's more consistent. He is trained by former NFL quarterback Kurt Warner, so clearly some kind of pretty cool, talented things rubbed off on him. That was phrased so weird, cool, talented things. But yeah, just some nice knowledge from Kurt Warner at the highest level really seemed to rub off on Keaton Slovis, and he makes those consistent throws. So basically, no one knows who's going to win that battle. It should be a heck of a battle and a great problem to have if you're a Trojan fan. If we hop on... What the heck was that? <laughs> As we hop onto further down their offensive roster, they lost Michael Pittman Jr. wide out. It's going to be impossible to replace him uh, with a single player. Pittman Jr. is an absolute stud, but he's gone. So who they do have is Amon Ross St. Brown, speedy receiver, great player. Tyler Vaughn's also returns. So with Amon Ross St. with Amon Ross St. Brown and Tyler Vaughn's, you have two great wideouts. They also have a highly recruited player in Gary Bryant Jr who will be interesting to see how he fits into the scheme. Maybe they can replicate the trio they had this year, except with Gary, with Gary Bryant Jr. in the role of Michael Pittman Jr. They also have a very highly recruited tight end in Jack Gary. So between those four aforementioned players, they should have a very, very talented offense. At the running back position, they have Veve Malapai, Stefan Carr, Marquis Stepp, which form a nice, formidable trio. But I don't want to talk too much about those guys. I think bottom line is if their offensive line can open up holes for them, they'll have enough. Malapai is more of a power back. Steven Carr adds the speed. So they have enough talent at the running back position. That's going to come down to the offensive line and if they can open up holes for these guys. On defense, we're not going to hop into the, or I'm not going to hop into the personnel per se. But the main thing I want to look at is they have a new defensive coordinator in Todd Orlando. Last year, USC's defense was pretty beat up so you can't blame um, the previous DC a lot of seriously a lot a lot of injuries but when you're looking at Todd Orlando's body of work he runs a lot of different looks which could, de- which could definitely be an advantage in the Pac-12 you face a lot of different systems in the conference champions so those different looks instead of getting kind of tied down to one scheme could be a huge advantage uh, if you want to know a little bit about his background last year he was fired from Texas uh, Texas finished 97th in total defense in number 65 in scoring defense, just like USC, Texas has high expectations in their football program, and that's simply not going to get it done, which is why he got the boot, Das Boot, out of there. Y'all ever watch the movie Beer Fest? Das Boot. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> Yo, we all, we all, there's been a lack of, not as much social activity as prefer, so, you know. But, all right, Nick, back back to the topic of hand here. So, before um, getting fired at Texas in his one year there, he had great success at Utah State and Houston as a D.C., so, actually, I can't say he was a DC there. Um, don't quote me on that 100%. But he had great success at Utah State and Houston. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if he can transform that to a major program. If he can do that, USC should seriously be favored to win the Pac-12 South. I know that might be a lofty projection for a lot, but I think if their defense is there, they should be amazing. So, I promise I'll get you out in and inf- uh, in out quick, water cooler information and all that. Y'all, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all know. So, we're going to hop down to my final portion of the body here and I'm going to look at their schedule and so there's as I mentioned at the top they face Alabama to open the season 
They followed that with New Mexico and Stanford. So you could expect them to reasonably two and one with hopefully a good performance against Alabama. But the main two games this year, on September 26th, they host Arizona State, and they follow that on October 2nd at Utah. Winning those two games is their season. If they could hop out of those first five, four and one, they should be all right. They have a very difficult schedule. So again, September 26th, Arizona State at home, October 2nd at Utah. These are must-win games. Must-win. And probably the games that determine Clay Helton's future. Looking at the rest of their schedule, it's very difficult. We'll say Alabama again. They also face, um, they travel to Eugene to face Oregon. They have UW on their schedule. Obviously, they're playing at UCLA in Notre Dame. So not not an easy schedule at all. Um, I read an article from, I believe it's RainAtroy.com. Let me double-check this year. I want to give them the proper credentials. Yeah, I believe it's RainAtroy.com. And uh, three quick notes I thought that was important about their schedule. was don't get embarrassed, particularly in the Alabama game. Great, great point. And second um, second point, we won't steal all their points here. I guess the second point here is make the Coliseum a fortress, in their words. In other words, defend home turf. If you want to have a good year, you're going to need to defend your home turf, especially with a particularly difficult schedule. So all in all, I think USC does have the talent to win the Pac-12 South. But with that being said, fam, they got to play some defense. It all comes down to their defense. With that, I'll let Dane take you out. My time's going on too long. Let's all get through these times together. USC Trojan football, that's all I got, y'all. Have a good night. Dane, take us out. Thanks, bud. So I think the biggest um, thing that the Trojans have going for them is their offensive system. And they kept their offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell. He's the one that implemented that air raid and led um, Keaton Slovis to his record-setting season. So he set the score record for a freshman with um, 3,242 passing yards, and he had 28 touchdowns. They averaged 463 yards per game and 32.5 points per game. So, um, yeah, just that, just on that fact that they kept their offensive coordinator is the biggest thing that Clay Houghton could have done in the offseason. So they're going to have the same offensive system. Keaton Slovis understands how to run it. He set records as a freshman, and he's coming back for his sophomore year. So they are the favorite to win the South. Um, It's not UCLA. It's not ASU, although ASU might compete. Um, Utah is kind of a wild card. They're going to be competing, but um, the favorite's got to be USC. Uh, And so uh, it's like Every year, I feel like USC is the favorite. And even in a so-called down year or, um, you know, coming off that, what was it, a 5-7 and seven season, um, you know, the Trojans are still there as the favorite in the South. It's 2020, and, you know, some things never really change. And I think, I really believe that this season is going to be better than last season, and it has to do with that offense. As Nick mentioned, their defense is also good. Um, but um, for me, at least, it's the offense, it's that air raid uh, spread the ball out, pass it all over the field. It's fun to watch. Um, it's entertaining, you know, even from a, on a neutral point of view. Um, and it makes the games more interesting to watch because they throw it all the time and uh, big plays happen. Um, they score a lot of points and they move the ball. So, um, yeah, I, I really think that they're going to have a good season. And I think Keenan Slovis um, – is going to be the starting quarterback. I don't think JT Daniels um, steals that from him. And I think they have a successful year. Nick jumped into their schedule. So, um, yeah, that game against Alabama at the beginning of the year is going to be fun to watch. One of the better ones 
um, all year, hopefully, and maybe they'll be able to keep it close. Um, as Nick mentioned, 14, maybe a 17-point loss. But you never know. They might um, jump out to an early lead and pull something amazing you know, out of the hat. But um, other than that, as Nick mentioned, they have some can't-lose games. And then at the end of the year, they play um, Notre Dame at the uh, Coliseum there. So that'll be a good way to cap it off. And if I had to pick right now, um, they're going to be the South champion. And uh, who knows, they'll probably end up facing Oregon in the North in the championship game of the Pac-12. And, you know, it's too far to predict um, anything that'll happen there. But I think that's um, that's my prediction is uh, Pac-12 South championship for the Trojans in 2020.